G'day guys, welcome to this episode of Aussie English. Today I have the pleasure of interviewing my brother-in-law, Rory. So, today we went out for my sister's 30th birthday. So, we went to a vineyard and brewery, I think they brew cider, a place called The Flying Brick, which is near Ocean Grove where we live on the Ballerine Peninsula. So, we went out there, it was really good, got to see my grandparents, my folks, um, obviously Kel and I went, and my sister Annika and her, her partner Rory and their daughter, uh, Isabel were all there as well. So, yeah, it was pretty good fun. We got to hang out and it reminded me that I needed to put this interview up on the podcast with him. So, today we chat all about gaming and I thought he would be the perfect guy to get on the podcast to talk about what it's like growing up being uh, interested in games or somewhat addicted to games, which I was back in the day when I was younger and had a lot more free time. And, um, yeah, He's very much into his games. He's also learnt Japanese um, and I thought he'd be the perfect person to get on the podcast to give you guys more access to more Aussie English accents. Now, I do want to apologise that I haven't sort of gotten into a rhythm yet this year with uh, staying, I guess, well in a rhythm with the podcast episodes, the expression episodes in particular. Now, I've been working on a lot of different things in the Aussie English classroom. I recently put up the shadowing course. There's also a now a spoken English course in the Aussie English classroom. So, I'm putting up a lot more content focused on improving your accent, improving your spoken English, the use of contractions, the use of, well, your pronunciation in general. And so, that's why I've sort of been out of kilter, out of rhythm, a little bit with the different kinds of episodes that I put up. Anyway, that's a big intro, guys. I kind of just wanted to tell you what I've been up to, give you an update. Now, let's get into it and I give you my brother-in-law, Rory, and me chatting about games and growing up in Australia. Let's go. Welcome to this episode of Aussie English, guys. I have my, I guess you would say brother-in-law, right? Yeah, I guess so. You aren't married, but you, you that's, it's that the position. easiest way to say it. Exactly. So, I thought I'd get Rory on, my sister's husband. I don't really, it's not really right to say boyfriend, right? You just Part say partner. good, yeah. <laughs> um, I thought I'd get you on to chat about video games in Australia and growing up with them because you're a bit of a gamer. Just and a I was, I was a bit of a gamer, but I- I just haven't done it in a long time. You're on a hiatus. Exactly. Wow, that's it. Does it ever stop, right? Does it ever wear off? Is it like an alcoholism? Yeah, I think it's a bit like that. You regress from time to time. So, what was it like growing up? What was your first introduction to gaming? Do you remember at all? Yeah, so my dad was big into IT. So, Mm -hmm. he always had a a good, for the time, a good computer and um, used to sit me on his knee and play some little rudimentary video games with me, little MS-DOS games. Yeah, far out. I think I remember going across the road to my um, friend's house and he had like an IBM. I don't know if it was Microsoft back then or not. This would have been in the- was a really popular computer at the time. And he had so many of these old school video games that were like the arcade type thing. And I remember it just blowing my mind and like always wanting to go over and we'd just be like, can we just go play the game straight away? (laughs) (laughs) That's it. We used to, um, I think it was like even Snake. Like a MS DOS version of Snake that used to be on the phones. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Used to play that, and uh, my mum used to play that a lot. Yeah, and she then it, it. it went on to like the Aladdin game, the Lion King game. And, yeah. yeah, all the little kids' games. And so, do you remember being in primary school and 
the first person to introduce you to the Game Boy or did you get one of those? No, I didn't actually get one, but I remember seeing some some of my friends getting getting one and uh, that yeah, the Game Boy Color, the semi-transparent oh, ones yeah, yeah, and yeah. that I used to play Pokemon on. Yeah. Um, I, I never got one. but You never yeah. got one? It's disappointing. I remember when, when I was in primary school, there was a kid called Jared who- um, who was the first person to have one of those old black and white Game Boys and he brought it in and I remember that he had Pokemon Red, the very first um, version of Pokemon and yep. he used to he used to allow us to play it if we paid a dollar and we'd <laughs> each get like five minutes. <laughs> and That's so- amazing. What a great business idea. <laughs> well, we How used to get- he? he would have been- We would have been in like grade four or five. Wow. Yeah. And like I remember mum and dad, you know, would give you a few dollars each day to go to the tuck shop and yeah. buy some a packet of chips or a potato cake or something, right? So, he's running an arcade out of the primary school. Yeah, exactly. And so, we would go and pay him to use his <laughs> game and play his game though, right? Like, it wasn't like we could start from the start and have our own. <laughs> it was his game that he'd already like so leveled not up only a bit. is he getting money, <laughs> yeah. he's having his game played for him by other people. Exactly. He's getting other people to pay for the right to level up his Pokemon. Yeah. So, that was- I remember that was my first introduction to Pokemon Red and I decided after that I had to have it. Yeah. yeah. And I think within like the next six months, the the Game Boy Color came out and we- I had a purple one and I think Annika had a green one. I can't remember which one she had. My sister got one and she got Pokemon Blue and I got Pokemon Red. And I think that was my first introduction to sort of gaming, gaming. And yeah, yeah. I still- Did you ever play those games? Did I you did, ever end up with one? But, well, I only ever played them on the computer as an emulator. Uh, okay. But yeah, because we- I, I think my first console was the PlayStation 1. We didn't get- Oh, really? A, yeah, we didn't get a console for a long time. And I guess when you talk about these things, it's always generational, right? Yeah. Because like we were 90s kids, so- I had a PlayStation 1 too. I would have yeah. gotten that, I think, after the, the Game Boy. Mm. What games were you playing on PlayStation 1? Crash so, Bandicoot? Yeah. So, we had so <laughs> many games because uh, Dad went over to Vietnam Uh-oh. and he bought all these like <laughs> games for $2, $1, <laughs> all these pirated ones. And we had a mod chip in the PlayStation. Oh, what? And uh, so, we had hundreds of games. Because that used to be a thing, right? Where you could get your play, you could buy a PlayStation for several hundred bucks, and then each game would be like sixty to a hundred bucks. And then I remember, at least with the PlayStation One and the PlayStation Two, that there was a business where people could mod them, or like you would send your PlayStation to a friend's yeah, house. I think it cost about forty dollars or something. Like and that. they put some sort of chip in. I never yeah. actually saw how it was done, but I remember friends doing that, and it meant that they could play games from overseas or something. Yeah, or, so, or you could burn them yourself. Ah, uh, that's so right. Even you would borrow games from the uh like local video easy or whatever and you, then you could if you had a C- cd burner on your computer you could burn the games and then play them on your playstation far out that's right yeah because there would be back in the day that was when there were video like vhs stores right renting out videos at, well, and i guess dvds towards and the consoles end, as well and consoles yeah. and video games i think yeah i remember going and borrowing video games like tekken the fighting games yeah before we actually ended up buying them but yeah i remember that and thinking that my friend had a lot of games that he'd somehow acquired without buying them. And then he was like, oh, I just borrow them and burn them. Yeah, they were all good, but it was sort of like, I always felt like the 64, the Nintendo 64 was the better quality. Mm. The the better quality games were on the Nintendo. And uh, some of my friends had that and we would end up just all night playing um, Super Smash Brothers or- And James um, Bond, right? Bond, yeah, Perfect Dark. And so, I always wanted one of them as well. But- uh, yeah, it was good having lots of games because you just play five minutes of each yeah, one. But yeah. I think the quality was really on the 64. That was the difficult one too. You'd get bored pretty quickly, right? You'd play 
this was before the time of like those really addictive games mm. like um, Call of Duty and Battlefield where you could be on there playing. All- I think the as soon as they brought in that online component where you could interact with other people, before yeah. then, these games were relatively- you could play them, but you couldn't really sit there for an eight-hour binge, right? You'd get well, pretty bored. I think they bored. sort of- they realized that if they put in- a leveling system that doesn't really end. Mm-hmm. You just keep getting experience. You keep getting points. The more you play, people just got addicted to it. Whereas before, it was sort of like you play to unlock a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. It might take you, I don't know, 20, 30 hours, and then you've got everything. And you, you play it because it's fun, but you're mm-hmm. not playing it to unlock every, everything else. Like, you know, in Call of Duty, when they figured out you could give people a slightly different variation of a, of a color on their weapon yeah. and they'll spend yeah. hundreds of hours trying to get that. Or even pay for it, right? Nowadays, you can have, unlock things like that in these games, but you can pay to have those things. And yeah. they, that was when it clicked, right? When they were like, oh my gosh, we can sell the game, but then it's all the other added components within the game, like expansion packs, everything like that, that we can make all the money on. Yeah, and it's so insidious <laughs> now, but back yeah. then it was just- it's nice to think of those times because it's a bit more quaint, but... So, were you always a PlayStation guy or you made the Switch, didn't you? I was always a PlayStation. PlayStation, I bought a PlayStation 1, I bought a PlayStation 2, I bought a PlayStation 3. I never got a 4, unfortunately. That was when I fell off the wagon yeah. and was just like, I don't have time for this anymore, damn it. And Kel won't let me spend that kind of money on a PlayStation anymore. <laughs> That's disappointing. <laughs> yeah, no, we don't even have a TV. <laughs> but did you make the Switch? Because I know you've got an Xbox today, right? And no, you've, well, I've or got you've a, got the computer too. I've got... Uh, so, I got a PlayStation 1, aside from my computer, which I've always had. Uh, PlayStation 1, and then I got a GameCube instead of a PlayStation 2, which the GameCube was the Nintendo console. And then I got an Xbox 360. Mm-hmm. So, I've had all three. Oh, wow. Okay. And then I went back to... And now I have a Switch. Yeah, which, which is, is Nintendo, Nintendo, right? Yeah. So, what were the benefits and why did you go back and forth? Were you following games or franchises that you really liked? Or was there some other aspect to the different gaming systems that made you think, ah, these ones are way better? Like the, the way it feels in my hands with the controls, all of that? Or yeah, what was I think it? it was... So, I got a PlayStation 1 because, like I said, we got all the burnt games. Yeah. And then because I liked the 64 so much, I thought, right, I'll get a GameCube this time. Yeah. And then... The Xbox 360 I bought on a whim because it was on sale at JB. <laughs> <laughs> that was when I moved out of home. So, it was pretty late in the Xbox lifespan, I think. But uh, And then this time, I, got, I went for a Switch because all the standard PlayStation Xbox games, there are a couple of exclusives, but for the most part, they come out on PC as well. Uh, and, and it's of, cheaper, is it? Or you're just used to that it's system? It's usually cheaper. Yeah. But uh, the PC has a lot of other benefits. So, I've got a PC for those sort of games and then... The, the Switch offers a completely different experience. So, what are the benefits of playing on PC? Because I remember there used to be those sort of two factions. You would have your console kids who would play on things like GameCubes, mm. Playstations, Xboxes, and then you would have your computer kids. And it always seemed to me like, for some reason, I got sucked into the consoles, but the computer kids were always a lot more full on. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they called the PC master race. What was the difference between the two and what was what were the benefits of playing on computer compared to consoles? Well, without mentioning any of the downsides, which there are some, yeah. it was always like you don't upgrade to the next console and lose all the games that you had on the last yeah, one. Yeah, I remember that being really irritating. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm, I've still got really old games. I've got Commander Keen from, you know, the, the 90s on my my computer now and you can still play it yeah and in 20 years i'll still be able to play it yeah um, so the operating system's the same which means you can play all these games yeah and they just sort of keep them running on the on the latest um operating system but it's also that keeps it a bit cheaper yeah um 
and you can use any input device. You can use mouse and keyboard, which is much more accurate for Are they shooters. cheaper too because you can just download them on the computer, right? You don't need to get CDs or any kind of DVDs? Actually, or? digital games are usually more expensive. Oh, really? Like, so, say on the Switch, if I go walk into JB Hi-Fi and I buy a, a brand new Nintendo game, it might cost me $80, but if I buy it through the Nintendo store online... It'll usually cost about a hundred. What? Yeah, it How makes does that no make sense, sense because you'd think the distribution yeah. and the production of the CDs and everything would be pretty expensive. Exactly. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. They just they get away with it because they can. Is there just fewer people doing that too, and maybe they don't have to compete with as many other different consoles that have games at a similar price point? Or yeah, I'm not sure. That's a very. I mean, weird. I guess it's that the retailers themselves aren't involved. Yeah. So the retailers are competing with each other, so they want to keep dropping the price. Yeah. Okay. Whereas you know, if you're selling it through your store, the Nintendo store, you can just have this box. You can buy it. I would so be just like, I'm just going to go down the store and buy it then. Screw you. Well, it's also that like, I'm so lazy. I hate going up to the TV and swapping the disc or swapping the cartridge. Yeah, I'll pay $20 for this, you know, less of an inconvenience. Exactly. Yeah. And particularly with the Switch because it's a portable. Yeah. So, I hate having to carry a little case of games with me everywhere. It's much easier just to have it all on there. Far out. So, what are the other downsides of playing on a computer then? Because I know that the other positive side is having loads more people, right? Because the computers are way more powerful than consoles with RAM and speed and internet connection, right? Yeah. So, you can have much better graphics. Yeah. Um, but what are the downsides then? Well, and oh, the other thing I should mention is you can use any controller. So, I could use okay. you can a connect PlayStation it up to the controller. Computer. Yeah. I could use a Switch controller. Even I could use some old... USB, Nintendo, Super Nintendo controller or a joystick or whatever we can think of. Mm -hmm. Um, They're pretty much all supported. (laughs) But the downsides are that you have like usually a lot of those games now that are on consoles as well have a smaller player base on PC, like the Uh, multiplayer. Okay. Um, And also you you can, it's not as prevalent as it used to be, but you can run into errors. Say your games might crash and then you got to go, why is it crashing? I don't understand. I might Mm -hmm. have to change some settings on my pc so do the games tend to be a bit more buggy on um on the computers instead of the consoles because well, yeah, they can be sort of up- updated and everything online as opposed to if it comes out on a cd it's pretty hard to it's it's more that um well because everything's updated online at the moment yeah like, even on consoles it's more that you've got one set of hardware so if you're on developing an xbox game there's one set of hardware to to optimize it for whereas with a pc who knows what, how many combinations you could have. It's like uh, Android apps versus uh, iPhone. Yeah. Um, you've got so many an- different versions of an Android phone that you have to optimize it for all these different things mm. and you're always going to miss some and make some mistakes. Uh, so, I think it's the same with PC. But it's it's not nearly as bad as it used to be. Um, the downside is that you've got um, a lot of launches. So, you have like, say, the uh, Steam is the main one. So, you have the the uh, online storefronts that you purchase your games through and launch your games through. Um, there's not just one. You might have, say, like Fortnite, which is really popular. That uses the Epic Games launcher. So, yeah. now you've got Steam and Epic. And if you want to play Overwatch, then you have to have the Blizzard game launcher. Uh, okay. So, you're managing your games through all these different fronts. Yeah. And there are certain launchers you can get that sort of bring them all together. And But it's just a bit more complex. It's a bit less user-friendly than the consoles. Far out. So, where do you see it going? Like, do you see it all sort of moving on to one, one console? Is one console going to win out or computer? Or do you think there's going to be this, uh, you know, I guess, compartmentalization of all these different games on different consoles, on consoles, and that's going to maintain each of them because of their own individual popularity? Well, they're talking about um, 
game consoles are moving more towards PCs in that they're upgraded more often yeah. and they've got um, they've been playing around with having um, changeable components and things like that but it's also that the um, the main game companies are all talking about cloud gaming as the next big thing yeah. where you won't have a particularly powerful console you'll just have one that connects to the internet and you have a subscription like Netflix yeah so everything is in the cloud you can access any game anywhere yeah, and so it's just as long as you've got the internet connection you can play it yeah so all the processing you won't have to have an amazing graphics card or anything like that on your local on your local computer or console. Really? It'll all be done by sort of a computer farm. So or- this just depends on the the fact that you have a really fast internet connection, though. Basically, yeah. yeah. And I think in Australia, especially, we're going to struggle with that. But, yeah. Uh, so do you think we're going to be left behind a bit if America probably. gets to that point? Yeah. yeah. Um, the idea is that all the processing is done offshore, and then. You're just essentially getting the images and mm-hmm. sending the inputs through your controller back to the server. When's that going to come in, do you think? They're experimenting with it right now. Um, you can play... There's a, um, there was a project where you could play Assassin's Creed, the latest Assassin's Creed, through Chrome on your computer. Through Chrome? Yeah. Wow, just through your internet browser? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it was available in Australia. It might have been Japan only or something like yeah. that, but um, it's pretty impressive what they've been able to do with it. All right. And so, growing up as a kid and sort of obviously starting out, I guess it, we would have been the generation after the um, arcade sort of got up and running, right? That was mm-hmm. the early 80s when people started having pinball and everything, or maybe even the late 70s. So, we sort of grew up and then slowly computed laptops, um, consoles, gaming, you know, Game Boys and all of that came out. Having lived through that, where do you think it's going to go for your children right for your for the next generation do you think it's going to be even more invasive with regards to like obviously where originally you had to go to a location where they had these huge gaming things Mm. now it's like they're getting smaller and smaller more and more powerful and they can be anywhere at all times right like your phone is probably more powerful than the laptops we had as a kid for sure do you worry about that with your daughter and well future kids as well do you do you worry about how addictive it could be or how insidious it'll be in our culture yeah for sure and i think the um the the further we go the more these game companies are coming up with sort of like the uh casino strategies to get you hooked and to get you paying money again and again and again and it's getting a bit over the top but it'll be interesting to see how much of a backlash there is because that's the thing that's really started irritating me because the, the pay to play games where it's no longer about skill and you don't all start from the same position anymore right Mm. so there's no the game tends to be free you can download it on your phone at least with phone games and i was whinging to you about this recently and it's like you get to a certain point where you're far enough in that you like the game and you want to keep playing and then all of a sudden the difficulty goes up exponentially and you have to pay to unlock certain things or to get to the next level and so they're obviously setting up these games where it's more about finding the one in a hundred that's going to spend a heap of money on it than the whales yeah yeah than than it is worrying about all of the dolphins yeah. i guess all the small guys <laughs> small who just fish. want to play yeah. it and aren't going to spend that amount of money because i i would probably spend you know 50 bucks on a good game but the fact that it's free and i think okay and i get used to that and then play it and they're trying to use frustration to get you to sort of start lashing out a yeah. dollar here or fourteen dollars there yeah. or just here buy a thousand dollars of you know online game currency that you can spend. Mm. How do you feel about that? Do you think it's going to get to a point where it's going to get regulated because people are going to be like, "This is gambling for kids" or yeah. it's a, an addiction? You're using gaming mechanics and addictive processes to get 
children hooked and spend money, whether it's their money or not, their parents' money on this stuff, and yeah. it's getting out of control. There is a bit of a case in Australia about this. Um, I think it's like a Senate inquiry on whether or not loot boxes should be considered gambling. Yeah. So, loot boxes are where you have like a, a digital digital box and you maybe you pay for it or you pay for a key for it or you unlock it or you, yeah, you something get it and it, it opens and you get a random yeah. item usually cosmetic doesn't really yeah. do anything in the game but or um, you'll get yeah like at the moment with angry birds that i'm playing you get points or there's certain coins or crystals yeah. that you can then use to unlock other things but yeah it constantly asks me and prompts me like you you've got this one box but just pay five dollars and you'll get this other one with even rarer items and then it's sort of randomized what you get yeah it's a it's a sort of like the same thing as a booster pack in a collectible card game yeah that was the old school version of it but it's it's worse partly because it's so available now and you you don't have to go down to the shops and purchase it physically Mm. it's right there on your phone or your computer um, and it's also that they're using those gambling strategies to make them more appealing. So, the the lights and sounds like you would mm-hmm. get on a, um, a slot machine in yeah. the pokies, yeah. That's exactly what you get when you open a loot box in something like Overwatch. It's just... It is pretty bizarre, isn't it? Because it, when I was growing up playing these games, I never thought about... I never made the connection between those two things. But it obviously, some, you know, entrepreneur or businessman quickly realized we can just apply the game. Yeah. Gambling mechanics or, you know gamification the same way that it's done in casinos into these games and we'll make a lot more money yeah and they've got to constantly find the line for their their particular market as to what people will put up with yeah so like mobile gamers will put up with almost anything (laughs) you can do whatever pay to win strategies you want and people still still play it still pay for it yeah whereas the console and pc gamers are a bit more savvy and they're probably more likely to give you a bit of backlash that's really bizarre isn't it why do you think it is that there's a difference between phoning or phoning being on your phone and playing these games Mm. i just made it a verb and um (laughs) why not playing it on on consoles why do you think people playing phone games are more uh, i guess um accepting of these pay-as-you-go well i think it's, it's partly because they're not traditional gamers in that they haven't you know maybe they they mucked around with them a little bit when they were younger but if you've been if you're a console gamer or a pc gamer You've been playing a lot of it for a long time and you do remember when games weren't like this and suddenly you go, hold on, this is no good. Um, I, I'm not okay with this and I'm going to, you know, whether it's complain on a forum or, yeah. you know, refuse to buy the game, there's a bit more backlash. Whereas the the, the mobile gamers are just <laughs> happy to make the little lights go and <laughs> click the buttons. Yeah, far out. Uh, I wonder where it's going to go. And I think part of the problem too is that kids have more and more powerful phones, right? And especially phones that their parents have probably entered their card details and bank details into. So, they do have the capacity to just, mom, can I use your phone? And they get into a game and it's like, spend $50, $50, $50. (laughs) And you'll be like, oh my gosh, my bank account's emptied. And there's some little features that say like the Nintendo Switch has some really good parenting features where mm. you can you can control the console from your phone and say, right, I want my kid to be playing this much per day. And, and when they go over the limit, it either gives them a warning um, when there's five minutes left or it just turns off the console and they can't oh, wow. turn it back on. Yeah. yeah. So, so, they're doing some good stuff as well, but... Yeah, it's wonder. It I wonder how much I'm going to have to sort of police that with my kids too, because it's so important to obviously encourage them to go outside, but you don't want to at the same time control every minute of their life that they spend yeah. doing what activity. And say something like Fortnite, which is so ubiquitous with kids, you don't want to say to your kid, oh, you can't play it, and then yeah. they're not they're not cool because they're not 
playing it, they don't know what the other kids are talking about. I always remember that as a kid, right? You had those parents who were like, we don't have a TV, the kids aren't allowed to play games, and you'd be like, oh, I don't want to hang out with these kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to make your kid like a secluded- Exactly, yeah. an outcast, right? An easy yeah. target. Yeah. Yeah, so that's difficult. Well, I guess finishing up, what sort of games- are the most popular games at the moment, star-wise, and which ones are you most into? Like, I know there's, you know, you've got your shooters, your RPG, what is it, role-playing games, yeah. strategy games, uh, what well, are you into? It sort of depends on the console as to what's really big at the moment, but I guess the the new hotness is, uh, not so new anymore, but over the past couple of years, the, the most recent um, popular genre is Battle Royale, mm-hmm. where it's like you, you start with, maybe it's 100, maybe it's 50, maybe it's 10 players, and... When you get killed, that's it. You're out of the round and yep. you have to wait for another hundred people to play again. So, it's always like a, what is it, a death match where you have just the last survivor, right? And, yeah. And, then, and they get certain points by being the last person and there's a series of those different rounds. Yeah. So, if, you, if, if you're the final survivor, you get, say in PUBG, you're, you get winner, winner, chicken dinner on the screen and you get you <laughs> might get some a whole lot of points. And yeah. It's just very satisfying to know that you, you were bested 99 other people. I yeah. think that's what's addictive about it and it's also you get that often do you beat it 99 other players not very often (laughs) (laughs) what do you do you just have to hide for the entire round (laughs) right that's actually (laughs) one of the most effective strategies (laughs) come out at the end (laughs) yeah but there's a there's a whole range of different games under that banner that are all very different um but yeah that's that's probably the the genre that i'm enjoying at the moment just because it's fresh yeah um yeah oh awesome yeah well rory thanks for joining me and chatting about gaming today no worries 